Hey everybody and welcome one more time to El Camino People, the podcast. As you know, we're here to share stories and stories about what matters most, the people. No? And I'm always, you know, glad that I can help people and provide, you know, with help that you need to go to the Camino Santiago. You know, one of the things that I think it's great of being in Spain is being able to to help people abroad that, you know, there's so much information all over the world that, you know, podcasts, uh, blogs, uh, YouTube, Facebook, but at the end, knowing firsthand for someone that lives here, it's a great idea. And you know that you always can contact me and I'm always glad to help you guys. And I think that's how we met. Truly, Maddie, welcome and thank you for being here. Oh, thanks so much for having me. Yeah, you're the one who inspired me to do the Camino <laughs> initially. Oh. You know, that's all I care. That's it. That's the interview. We're done. That's all I need. <laughs> so when was it? I'm like, the first time you, I always ask, you know, how people find out the Camino Santiago, but I think we can start with a question. How did you find out about the Camino? You know, you're from the States and usually it's the movie The Way. Where in your case, the movie The Way or something else? Well, <laughs> yes, I found out on the Camino that a lot of Americans uh, learn about the Camino about through The Way. And I mm -hmm. also... That is how I initially learned about it. Um, I took a class in college and one of our assignments was to watch the movie. And really? since then, Such yeah. a smart teacher. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then I kind of planted a seed in my mind and I was like, oh, I want to do that someday. And that was about five years ago. And then I started doing research a little over a year ago. And that's when I, I found El Camino people and I reached out to you and then started doing more research and then I was like oh I'm gonna do it this summer this past summer before I start medical school and that's kind of how it started. That's amazing you know a lot of times people right now you know one of the things that I'm a little eager about it that a lot of people complain about people that walk you know very few days in the Camino Santiago or about a lot of people talking in blogs and Instagram or whatever like if you know the more people we talk the more seeds we plant and you know for everyone that is talking about the camino no matter what if there's someone like you out there that decides to go to the camino and i truly believe that you know we all became better person thanks to the camino i'm like what is the problem of it you know the more even if you do five days six days if you're doing a blog you're doing a podcast you're on instagram whatever you know right. i think the camino has so much power to you know get people into the right direction and also in this time you know after we have all these two years of COVID have been, been able to go out and still, you know, right now we see in the news and we see the still in China and in other places that is still something that is there. And like, right. we all thought that it was just in the movies, but. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. It's such a special experience. I, I'm so grateful for it. <laughs> but anyway, before we start into the business, you know, we have the one minute questionnaire. So are you ready? For the ones yes. that is the first time, I have a list that I created about four years ago of a ton of questions. Okay. And the whole idea is just to warm up and to see what comes to this, you know, the pilgrims' minds when I mention it. And there's a couple of tricky questions that we'll be see what you think about. Okay. So, ready? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Let's go. Your first Camino. El Camino Frances. How many Caminos? One. One city. Burgos. One meal. Um, oh my gosh, I'm going to have to remember all my Spanish right now. <laughs> um, what's the potato side dish? <laughs> oh, tortilla. 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 Oh, a happy moment. Um, walking uh, to Hospital de Orbigo. Sad moment. Leaving the Camino. A song. Um, 
Halo by Beyonce. A color? Blue. Smell? Flowers. Café con leche, solo o cortado? Café con leche. And the omelette with or without onions? Without. Why? <laughs> I don't know. I just don't like onions very much. <laughs> okay. okay. There's that with people out there, but yeah, we'll count it. And the final question, the timer is over. I always like to one. If you would like, if there's someone, you know, in the whole history of the world that you can walk the Camino with, who will you choose? Oh, wow. That's a good question. Maybe Benjamin Franklin. Why? That's, that's interesting. I just think he's such an interesting person who did so many things, and I would just try to soak up all the things that he would tell me along the way. Cool. You can tell that you're an American, you know, probably no European will think of Benjamin Franklin, but it's true, such an incredible person, you know, and all why that, you know, we don't know most of what he did, also let like you stay, you know, on the top and, but interesting, yep. And let's go back to the Camino, how the Camino comes to your mind. Suddenly you watched the movie The Way and what was the first thing that came to your mind? I just love adventure and it sounded like an amazing thing to do on your own just to go out there and, I don't know, see what it brings. But it's incredible, like a movie that is, you know, at the end is, is sad. I'm like a journey that gets broken for sudden death. I'm like someone that is totally in the, the, the you know, the best time of his life. Suddenly that gets stopped and his dad, that has to continue. So it's incredible how a movie that is so sad and so heartbreaking ended up, you know, being such a powerful move to a lot of people to go and, and do the Camino de Santiago. That is true. I think by the time, you know, five years rolled around, I, I maybe forgot about some of the details of the movie and just remembered like the hike itself. So maybe it's good I didn't watch it before, like right before I went. I watched it a, very, a few months ago and I was like, wow, this is old. <laughs> that was the first, you know, I'm like, oh my God, this, I, I have that memory. You know, you sometimes you create those memories about old movies or TV shows and suddenly it's like, wow. Yeah. No, for sure. I've wanted to rewatch it since I've come home. So I think I'm going to try to do that during this break. What was the, the, the point from your teacher? Why did he, you know, did you have to do a, a you know, watch the movie and, and do a little project about it? So I went to a Jesuit college, actually. Um, <laughs> yeah. I went so... to visit school also. So. <laughs> yeah. And I was in a program called the Manresa program, actually. And it was about kind of personal development and finding your meaning in life. And so we kind of watched the way as um, a means to kind of talk about what we think we're meant to be here on this earth for. Cool. And you know that, you know, Koreans are one of the ones that they're growing, like, you know, the, the amount is really small, but they're, you know, times every year goes like twice or three times or four times. And in Korea, you know, I've been told that a lot of people, they put the Camino de Santiago in the resume. Really? Oh, I love mm -hmm. that. And in college that they are, you know, that a lot of people, they go there, it's like they, they good credits for, for doing the Camino de Santiago. And I think it's such a great day because this will be, it, it is at the end, you know, it's the best subject that you can get in college. Exactly. I think it's such a valuable learning experience that you can't get in the classroom for sure. Mm -hmm. It's a great classroom. And you didn't have any 
one that you know you have any contact with any pilgrimage the Camino Santiago nothing till it, the movie the way it came to your classroom right exactly I had not heard about it before then and since after then I didn't know anyone personally who had ever done it either interesting and what would it, what did it call you you know the adventure part but have you ever been you know like a mountaineer do you like trekking have you ever gone on a long distance hike Yes. Um, yeah, I do love being outside and hiking. Um, I lived in South America for one year after high school and before going to college, and I did a lot of hiking then. Um, so I knew, and I was also interested in solo travel, but um, I like, you know, spending time to reflect and think about things. So I thought this would be a perfect combination of having that time independently you know, going on a huge adventure and then also the opportunity to form community and meet people from all over the world. What do you friends sound like? How many people were in your class when you watched the movie? Um, it was probably a group of around 30 of us. We all watched and any it together. one of them have walked the Camino or have thought about walking the Camino after the movie or were you the only one that was, you know, like lighting up? <laughs> I think... Initially, people were like, oh, I want to do this, but I don't know of anyone else in my class who has done it. Um, but I I shared with my professor that I had done it, and she was like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe you remembered that from all the way, all those years ago. <laughs> she was kind of surprised. Um, but I hope more people do it. And then you watch the movie, but five years passed. Through those years, it was something, you know, the Camino that came every year was something that you were planning for this specific time that you would know that you're going to have time off or was something that suddenly you were like, I need to go to the Camino right now. Yes. So it was always at the back of my mind, but I was pretty busy throughout college and in my summers in between. And I didn't really have a long stretch of time where I would be able to do it. And then I had plans to begin medical school in August of this year And so then when I kind of finalized that, I was like, okay, I'm dropping everything. I got to go to the Camino. I got to do this now before I start medical school because it will be really hard to have that much time again to do it. So I was like, it's now or never. If I don't do it now, I'm not sure I'll ever do it. So what your family and friends told you on like, because coming from, you know, no one in your area knew about the Camino, have walked the Camino. I'm like, you're going to go a month and a half to Spain by yourself to walk this Camino. Yeah, it definitely took some convincing, especially for my mom. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I had to kind of explain to them and teach them what the Camino was. Because at first, when you tell your parents, oh, I'm going to go to Spain and walk by myself 500 miles across the country, um, they were like, what? What are you going to do? Uh, so yeah, but they came around. And I think when I went away to South America by myself after high school, that was a huge shocker to them. So then when I proposed this, they were like, not, I, I guess not as surprised, but. I guess that's more of a civilized country going to South America is a totally different subject. <laughs> yeah. And I was, I was younger then um, too. So they knew I've had experience traveling by myself. Um, so then once I like told them about it and my dad too, he was like, this sounds so cool. Like I want to do it. Um, so they came on board, but I had to keep in touch with them every day when I was on the Camino. I did also, yeah. When I did my first Camino, I was always sending, you know, 10 pictures to my mom. I'm still alive. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah. I'm safe. Exactly. And then we're talking, you know, a lot of people, you know, 
a lot of people they think that everyone has the time and you know living in the states you know that the average you know, time off that you get is two weeks a year that you can get so taking a whole month is really a challenge and like a lot of people when they see people walking one week are like oh those are not peregrinos i'm like no that's just normal people that sometimes there's different countries in the world that you know getting time off is hard or you have to save for a long time or even you have to save the money because it's expensive right. so when you start plan when did you really start planning for for the camino what was the day that you were like i'm walking yes so throughout the fall of 2021 uh, that's when i first spoke with you and so i was kind of slowly thinking about it and then once um my spring semester during that i was really planning um And then I had planned a trip with my friends to Barcelona. And then I came from Barcelona to St. Jean-Pied-de-Port to start. So really in April and May of 2022, that's when I was really kind of full steam planning. Um, but then I realized, I, you know, I'm, I'm a planner and I'm very organized. And so I made this full itinerary and then I basically didn't go by it at all. <laughs> But good, you know, and you know, that's one thing a lot of people they, they that's one of the misconceptions, you know, though you shouldn't plan for the Camino Santiago, you have to let go. And some of us we are planners and you need that kind of like relax and knowing that but then you know you can follow the plan or just throw it on the first day and say, you know, whatever is whatever. <laughs> yes. Yeah, exactly. I think I definitely underestimated how much I would be able to walk every day. <laughs> I had planned um like these goals that were very short and then I ended up walking way more. <laughs> because I just didn't know how much my body would be able to do. Um, but then it was beautiful. I, I loved being able to, I think it was a good challenge for me personally too, to not have a plan really, and just kind of go with the flow and see what each day would bring and kind of go from there. And how did you base your research? Was it, you know, books, uh, blogs, YouTube, Instagram, of all of them? You did a one by one day, you know, where I'm going to sleep, what I'm going to visit, how many kilometers I'm going to walk, or it was mostly, you know, like I expect to go from here to here. Yeah, I think I use a combination of trying to like find Instagram accounts of people who had done it. That's how I found Camino people. Um, also have a few books like the John Brearley. The John Brearley, of course, yeah. the, the Bible of the yeah. Camino Santiago. <laughs> exactly. I, I did, did end up really relying on that too um, every day to kind of read ahead and see what was coming up. Um, yeah, so I think a, a combination of websites, social media, Um, guidebooks that I had purchased to kind of get a sense of what I was getting myself into. <laughs> and now that you have done it and you knew that you planned for your next Camino, will you plan the same way or will you be a little bit more like whatever is whatever? I know I will be okay. That's a good question. Um, I think it depends on who I will go with. And now I have like a sense of, you know, you gave me a bunch of wonderful tips about albergues to stay at and things like that. So I think Um, there were some things that I didn't go to that I wish I did. So mm -hmm. I think I will, yeah, have some things in mind that I'll definitely want to see, but I think it's important overall to have a sense of just ease with it and just go with the flow. I think, um, having too much of a regimen kind of takes away the, some of the beauty of the Camino. <laughs> I think it's a mix of both, you know, it's great because I'm like, for a lot of people, you know, I live in Spain and a lot of things that I visit in the Camino was the first time for me, but I can go and visit it almost any time that right. I have a couple of days off. But when you travel all the way from the States, Australia, you know, South Africa, whatever, and this is a once in a lifetime experience, 
I agree with you that it's great to have, you know, at least I want to visit this, I want to go here. I would like to have this experience because I heard, you know, there's some albergues that are truly incredible. That for some of them, you have to plan ahead because they are not really the normal stages that you will find in the Joe right. Riley or any other book because they are right in the middle. So if you don't know about those, you're going to be totally off. And those are jewels of the Camino that is, you know, once in a lifetime for sure, because you're not going to go back probably there so yes yeah but being able to also break everything and say you know i found this group i'm going with them whatever Mm -hmm. yeah no for sure i think yeah a good balance is important and then suddenly you start planning everything how was the feeling that you know one day suddenly as you were saying you know you were going first to barcelona with your friends for party and then you were going to your camino so how did you plan for both because i'm like the kind of like outfits that you need for the for barcelona are totally different than the ones that you need for the camino <laughs> this is so true well thankfully one of my friends took my suitcase home to the united oh, states that's a good one <laughs> And so then I could just bring my backpack with my gear and I just, I took some trains and buses to get to St. Jean-Pierre-de-Port from Barcelona. I was going to do that. Another tip for people. If you know, you can send your backpack to the Santiago de Compostela and they will keep your luggage over there for you till you finish your Camino. So if anyone is traveling here, and that's one of the things that I also encourage, you know, people to do. If you travel to Spain, go and visit Madrid, visit Pamplona, visit Barcelona, go to San Sebastian. You take a couple of days to visit a more city or museums or have a good time and the Camino is there and it's going to have you know you're going to have plenty of time so you can take a couple of days off to discover you know you don't know when it's going to be the next time that you're going to be able to be in Spain so absolutely take it easy and enjoy yes totally recommend <laughs> and it's really cheap I don't think it's really expensive that you can send it and they will keep it in Santiago you know for as long as you need or in any you know postal service you can do it here you know in Italy mm-hmm. uh, that's what I did I sent my for my backpack to as easy for Ferma Posta, as how it's oh, called wow. in Italy, and they keep your luggage for you and totally, you know, and I think that's probably something that you can do all over Europe if you're hiking. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's great. <laughs> yeah, it makes it much easier. <laughs> and then you go to Barcelona, you fly. You're flying with your friends, or did you go by yourself? Or I flew with my friends and um, two of my classmates from medical school, actually. So we and had no so much fun. Joining for the Camino, no one even have thought like, you know, I'm going to join Marie for a couple of <laughs> days with you. I'm going to backpack. I'm like, or they didn't come to their minds. Um, yeah, I don't think it was really on their minds. They had other summer plans back in the States. Well, my friend Jimena traveled around Europe a bit, but I was also pretty intent. I wanted this to be kind of like, I want to do Your it on journey. my own. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I think my friend Jimena and her mom, they definitely do want to do it at some point. So that's one of the things also I think, you know, when people talk about the Camino Santiago, I think the best way is just by yourself, your first Camino. But I think it's also great to do with friends, family, you know, your boyfriend, your girlfriend, your partner, whatever. Mm-hmm. I think you get something different. But if you can do it by yourself, that will be, you know, the, the perfect Camino. Yes, no, for sure. I was intent on my first one doing it alone. But now that I have all these other Caminos on my bucket list, I definitely would want to do it with with friends or family, uh, for sure. And then you go, you have fun in Barcelona, and then you arrive to St. Jan, and suddenly there you are in St. Jan, all surrounded by pilgrims. How was the feeling? Oh, it was magical. I absolutely love St. Jean-Pierre-de-Port. I think there's such a, a special feeling of excitement. You, you're about to embark on this amazing journey, and I was just... I was so excited. Like there was just a magic in the air and walking around the city and 
um, going over that famous bridge. And I stayed in a beautiful hostel with people that some that I, you know, saw throughout the whole, whole Camino. Um, yeah, I was just really excited. I was super nervous too. I didn't quite know what I was, what I had signed up for. Um, (laughs) but, um, yeah, I, I loved being there. Did you sleep well that, that, that the night before or were you one of the ones that were walking around town just wandering and suddenly 3 a.m. you were like... <laughs> <laughs> uh, the night before I was definitely walking around everywhere. Um, but then I, I tried to get some some rest because I knew it was going to be an early morning to try. And I also didn't mm-hmm. know I was going to all, go all the way to Ronces Valles the first day because um, I actually had made a hostel reservation. What's From Obison? Yeah. Um, but I ended up just keep go. I kept going. Um, but yeah, we started really early, probably started walking at six and, uh, it was just so amazing. Like the sunrise going through the Pyrenees and walking out of St. Jean-Pierre-de-Port into the mountains. Um, I feel like every five minutes I was just stopping and like looking around and just <laughs> taking it all in. It was just truly spectacular. And you say we, you already met some pilgrims on the day before or you met some pilgrims in the morning. How did it, this happen? Yes, I met a, a wonderful girl named Mary from the UK um, the, the evening before we began. And so I started walking with her, but she was very fast. So she went ahead. But, you know, I already started to meet so many people just on the first day even because we're all starting this journey. So, um, yeah, I never felt like I was alone, especially the first it's- day. A lot of people, they, you know, they're scared on the first day because this is like going to, you know, your first day of school or your first day of college and you're going yeah. abroad, you don't know anyone and you don't, you're in St. Janet, like, is there a pilgrim? Is he a pilgrim? Does he speak English? Or, <laughs> and I know that a lot of people, that's kind of like, you know, they are nervous and everybody's in the same way. So I don't, I yeah. always haven't, for me, the same. I don't know if I've, you know, I've been in St. Janet, I think already six times and every day I meet people or during dinner or in the morning and it's super mm-hmm. easy and everybody's, you know, welcome just to approach. So you were by yourself how did you manage that kind of like of being by yourself in such a new environment were you one of those that goes and talks to people or were you waiting to people to approach you um i think i was you know going up to people and introducing myself and um yeah i think the first morning before we started walking we had breakfast all together with a bunch of pilgrims Mm -hmm. and then we had a little like ceremony and the the owner of the albergue like played a song for us and wished us luck on the journey and so then i think i started off walking with some of those people that we had breakfast with too um but then you just meet so many people along the way and it's so easy to talk to them um so yeah i think it kind of just came about naturally i think that's a great trick you know if you're a more introvert person try to find one of those albergues that have breakfast and stay for breakfast so you're going to meet a lot of pilgrims and if not you know once you start going up there's a pastry shop on the right side if you wait over there for five minutes there's going to be pilgrims arriving for sure and if no yeah you're going to be passing you know the first day is as we will talk right now you're going to be passed and probably you know you will be passing people so you're going to be making friends because everybody's just willing to talk or they're just willing to share their first day experience but as you were saying you were saying that you have planned to sleep in Orison. one of the things that i haven't done yet in my life and it's always on my list but mm-hmm. uh, i'm always you know kind of like i have the time i i'm ready for this but in your case you were a planner and you have Orison. do you even make a reservation and then you say like i'm going on <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Well, this was the part of the trip where 
like I mentioned, I had a plan and I had already made some reservations and I had read online to, you know, it was a good idea to break up that first day because it can be really challenging and tiring. And so I was thinking, oh, you know, this is my first day hiking, you know, I'm probably going to be tired. Um, but then since we started so early, we got to Orison also pretty early and I was like, oh, I think only I, by 10, you will be there. Yeah. I'm like, that's yeah, exactly. So, you know, got some water and some food, but then I decided, no, oh, I kind of want to keep walking. <laughs> so I just told the albergue I'm going to keep going and someone else can take my spot. <laughs> Obviously, they're pretty nice because there's always people willing, you know. If you, one thing is if you're coming from abroad like the States or Australia, you know, the first day take going to Horizon is amazing. It's perfect because then you can take your, you know, jet lag can really... Yes slow you down during the Camino. Coming from the States, you know, if you're coming from Australia, not because you're gaining time, but when you're coming from the States, Canada or South America, that one, take a couple of days, uh, easy. And if yeah. you're going to stay in Horizon, you know, you have the time to be leaving San Diego, and you can leave San Diego easily by 10, 11 in the morning, have a good coffee, have a good sleeping, you stay in Horizon, and then by the next day in Rotes Valles, you're ready to go. So, Horizon for exactly. sure. And also the... the ambient you know the people in Horizon mm -hmm. they say it's one of the best places because you meet a lot of people everybody's kind of like on the same idea just taking yeah. it easy and the dinner over there is a communal dinner and the views are just incredible oh so breathtaking and everyone I spoke with who did stay overnight in Horizon was so happy that they did mm -hmm. they said it was an amazing experience but so. also having the whole afternoon in Rotfest Valles for beer and tapas is amazing so that's true <laughs> oh, but and if you don't have yeah. the time also it's also to that Horizon puts an extra day kind of like into the whole journey so right. events, but both are great and the first day usually in every blog YouTube podcast Instagram they say that it's a killer that it's super hard <laughs> what were your thoughts about the first day yes I agree it was very challenging physically but I think the landscape is just so spectacular that I kind of forgot that I was tired because <laughs> you're just like taking it all in um but by the end of the day getting to Ronces Valles I was I think I just laid down in my bed and fell asleep immediately um so it was definitely tiring but totally worth it how was the the, the you know the feeling of the Camino was it what you experienced you know what you thought will be from the movie from all the research from the books or was something different than what you expected Honestly, that first day, it was so exhilarating. And I was kind of like, is this even real? It feels like a dream. Um, so I don't think the first day was representative of all of my days on the Camino. Absolutely. It was mm -hmm. different. And there were good days and there were more difficult ones, especially on the Meseta. Um, but the first day through the Pyrenees was was kind of like more than I could ever imagine. It was it was truly just magical, like being on top of the clouds and seeing them over the valleys and walking through like, you know, over trees and like soft leaves on the ground. There were so many different and then like seeing horses up in the mountains and all these wild animals. I was when I called my parents that night and Ronces Valles, I was like, you're never going to believe like all the things that I saw just today. <laughs> when was the time, you know, after we always say that at the beginning, you know, we're all tourists that they start walking. When was the time that you suddenly get more used to, or did you have your Camino family, or was more comfortable walking and continuing? How long did it take you to get into a Camino pace? Um, well, it took a couple, like probably my body wasn't really used to the walking until like 10 days, I think. Mm -hmm. um, my body was really sore after, um, you know, the first handful of days, the first week. 
but then you get into a rhythm and, you know, for a couple of days I would be with the same people and then I would, they would take a rest day and I'd keep going or vice versa. Um, and that was okay. That's part of the Camino and it's somehow you always kind of catch up with people too. Um, but I would say like a good week, week to 10 days. That's mm-hmm. kind of when I started flying to a, a groove. Yeah, I think the first days, you know, a lot of people, they say, they talk about the whole heart is the first day, but then the second day going to Zubiri and then going to Pamplona is what usually kills. Yes, going down to Zubiri uh, was very challenging. And that's when I really started to use my walking poles too, because it was very tough on your knees, but mm-hmm. also beautiful. And, you know, sometimes with one of the biggest concepts of the Camino is the Camino family. You were saying that you were working with people, but that you were also taking days off. And that's one of the great things. But sometimes a lot of people there, you know, when you walk with someone that is already going with friends and they take the day off here, but you want to take the day off somewhere or you need a day off and you're like, oh, but my friends are keeping on going. So Mm -hmm. how was the first day that you suddenly that people that you were walking with, they were continuing or you were staying? How was the the break and how you decide to keep on going with them or just doing your own journey? Just taking care of yourself. Yes. So, I mean, going into the Camino, I really did want it to be kind of like a, a personal journey. Um, and I realized I was with a group of Americans, um, for a couple of days. Um, but I found out like they were kind of like booking their hostels all together. And as I walked with them, it wasn't really, it kind of, it was more of a group experience and it wasn't really a personal one, which is totally fine. Some people that's what they Mm -hmm. prefer. Um, but then they were taking a rest day and then I kind of decided, I think I'm going to keep going. Um, because, I, I filled up for it and yeah, I just wanted to kind of continue on like my journey. Um, but then it was beautiful cause you meet new, new people that you hadn't before. Um, but you know, I think all the people that I met on the Camino were so kind and that's, yeah, like we've said, that's the beauty of it. Um, there were a couple of people that, you know, really meant a lot to me that I still keep in touch with. And, you know, I think people that you will, Never forget. And how did you decide about your days off? Was it based on how tired you were? Was it based on visiting cities? Was it a mix of both? Yeah. So I actually ended up only taking one rest day. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, But I took it in Burgos. um, And another group that I was with, a lot of people were taking a rest day. And there were festivals uh, when I was there. So it was a great time in such a beautiful city. So I, I realized that I... I could use the rest and also, you know, to explore the city and really enjoy it before moving on. I think it's a great idea. You know, the rest days are are great. And if you don't have the time, because as we were talking at the beginning, you know, sometimes you don't really have the time. I think the great cities, you know, like Burgos, Leon, Logroño, Pamplona. I'm like, if you can take a day off in those cities, it's amazing. But if not, there's a great trick that, you know, is planning on just walking the day before like 10 or 12K or 15K. So you can arrive by 12 and you have time. You Instead of going to the public albergue, you go to a private one and you have the whole afternoon to visit the city and you are not tired. It's one of the things I realized that when you visit the city, you walk. (laughs) Yeah, you you add up more. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So some days those 20K plus maybe 10 or 12 more K in the afternoon if you is one of those big cities like Burgos or Leon that has a lot to visit. And, you know, you go tapas, you go for a drink and then you are like, yeah, that's a lot to put onto your body. 
<laughs> yeah, definitely. It's worth it, though. You definitely want to be able to see the cities before you keep walking the next day. Uh, like it was that's great the, when you showed us around Pamplona. That was and that's the, it's part of the experience of the Camino. Like you're coming here for the first time. And for me, you know, the, when I walked the Camino, it was my first time in Burgos, my first time in León, and I live right here. Yeah. <laughs> so you have to go visit. You have to visit the cathedral. You have to visit the bars. You have to go to tapas. You know, one of the things that, for example, right now, even in Pamplona, the albergues, they used to close at 11 at 10 now they close at 11 to allow people to be out and to visit and to have a good time mm -hmm. and you know you deserve it <laughs> yeah no for sure you got to make the most of it while you're there and we were talking before that one of the hard times for you was the meseta why you know right now that's also one of the biggest concerns right now a lot of people are like oh skip the meseta or don't skip the meseta or the meseta is the best part or the meseta is the worst <laughs> what happened in the meseta Yes, I definitely don't think you should skip it if you have the chance to do it, for sure. Um, I think just they talk about how mentally it can become challenging because for days you're going through wheat fields and it's kind of like the same landscape. Um, so you really have to turn inward and it's more reflective in that sense. Um, but I think I was alone more on the Meseta as well. There were some stretches where I was just walking by myself or I would only see a few pilgrims. Um, so I think I got a little bit lonely, but it also made me more appreciative for small things. I remember one day, it was towards the end of the meseta, but I was just going through. Also, there's a lot of uh, walking near the highway, too, so that mm. could be challenging. But I came upon a field of sunflowers, and it was so beautiful, I just started crying instantly. <laughs> it, was, I just, it was amazing. And then I, I met up with a friend from Brazil who I had met before, and she is so funny. And she was like, we're just going to run around the sunflower field and dance. And then she took a video of us, and she's like, we're just going to yell. Like, we're just going to let it all out. And it was just amazing. So I think that's just one example um, you know, just seeing like small things or having an interaction with someone, um, I just became so much more acutely grateful for in the Meseta, which I think, you know, is an amazing lesson that I learned then. Um, there was this one day, I think I was leaving, I forget what city I was leaving, but it was rainy at some points and then it started hailing <laughs> and I was by myself and I was just walking and I was like, oh my gosh, this is so painful right now. I want to get to the albergue and just sleep. Um, so there are definitely tough moments like that, but I, I'm grateful for those moments too, because I think, you know, not the Camino isn't easy. Um, and the hard moments are just as meaningful as, you know, the happy, easy ones. That's one of the things that I also, you know, try and, and, and to promote people. A lot of people, they see the Camino Santiago, you know, this Disneyland trip, you know, that everything is perfect. Everything is beautiful. You go to here, you get your pictures and, Camino Santiago can be tough. I'm like, there's people that passed away during the Camino. There's people that get really, you know, injured in the Camino. And there's people that they cannot finish through through mental, you know, because sometimes there's so much going on that it's not the time or physical. But it is true that the Camino without the bad moments doesn't, it wouldn't be the Camino because, and it's like life, yeah. you know. I exactly, think yeah. The Camino is life. <laughs> And then you start going to the Camino, suddenly the Camino gets more into you, you're part of the Camino, it seems like something so easy, you wake up, you walk. How was the feeling, you know, when you were more comfortable, like what were your family and your friends telling you from abroad? I'm like probably they, they saw a change in your face, a change in your voice, suddenly you're more like, mm, something changed. No, there's one day that suddenly everything's kind of like click. 
When I was, you mean when I got home? Did they, did my No, family? I mean during the Camino, oh. that, you know, suddenly there's that day that you feel more, as you were saying, you know, 10 days usually takes for everybody. You know, it can yeah. be five days, six days, but that's for everyone. But there's one day that suddenly you're like, mm. I can do this forever. <laughs> I would like to do this forever. Yeah, no, that's so true. I think, yeah, probably around, you know, halfway through, you really get into a rhythm and you just get up and walk and like, that's just your existence and you can't really think of doing anything else i think that's partly why i didn't take many rest days is because i just my body just wanted to keep going um and i'm not sure if there was like a sing singular moment where i felt mm -hmm. like a click but more of just kind of like a progression um and i think it was really beautiful and also i'm not sure like personally i changed but I think by the end of it, I felt more myself, like I just felt more authentically me. Um, and I think there's something really uh, unique about walking. It's almost in itself a form of meditation. And so I think throughout the days, you know, it's, it's just really calming. Um, I felt my mind just at ease and I don't think I've been... Uh, I didn't feel really any stress, <laughs> which was such an amazing feeling, especially having That's come weird. from like uh, my first semester of medical school where there was a lot of stress. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was just such a, I think, a pure experience. And I think there was one alberga that I stayed at and there was a handwritten sign that said, Se prohibe el stress. <laughs> and I really, I, I thought that was great, but yeah, it's just an authentic, pure experience that it's hard to also encapsulate into words because I feel like you have to experience it. But um, I think it was very calming and put things into perspective. Like, I don't stress about a lot of things that I used to. <laughs> I think that getting back to the basics, you know, like breakfast, walk, beer, mm -hmm. snack, walk, talk to people, <laughs> sour, dinner, walk, have fun you're like yeah. by the day that you don't know anymore which day of the week or which day of the mm -hmm. month it is that that's the day that you're like this is amazing yeah it but starts blending together <laughs> suddenly you start getting closer to santiago and the feeling is like oh finally you know this thing that i've been planning for five six years this thing that i've been walking for more than 20 days is there how mm -hmm. was your feeling of santiago yeah, it's hard to imagine too because most of the Camino, you're at least from my perspective, you're like, wow, I have so much farther to go. <laughs> mm -hmm. Like the first part, like, oh my gosh, like I haven't even made a dent in in the whole journey yet. So then, by getting towards the end, I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't believe it. Um, but at the same time, like I had never, you know, it's hard to imagine completing this journey. Um, but I, there was a sense of excitement too because I was very excited to, you know. I miss my family and my friends. I had been alone. I hadn't been like traveling alone for this long before. So there was a sense of excitement in that way. Um, but also a sense of sadness too about leaving the Camino and, you know, all of these amazing people that you've met from all over the world. Some of them, you know, you might never see again, but that's, that's life. That's part of it. Um, so definitely a mixture of emotions. And I know, I think when, I think you had mentioned that when you arrived to Santiago, you didn't really have a big like emotional reaction to it. Is that mm -hmm. correct? No, for me, um, it was like, 
It was amazing. Like for me, my first day, I took all my Camino family. I want to arrive to Santiago by myself. You know, for me, my right. Camino was uh, my journey. Exactly. And even though I have a really tight Camino family that we mix around the later days, but arriving to Santiago was something that I need to do for myself. So I wake mm -hmm. up super early in the morning. I arrived there. If I was kind of like the first person in the Bradoiro, I just drop on the floor. Suddenly a group of kids start clapping and I'm like, this is amazing. But I didn't cry there. You know, I wasn't one of those. Yeah. But for me, it was, you know, in Mushia was the time that I'm like, oh, I cry like a baby. But Santiago yeah. was just joy. It was just fulfillment. It was like, wow. Yes. It was, it was weird, but it I don't is know, for you, how was it? Feeling. Yeah. So same, like similarly, I, I really was a personal journey for me. So I woke up early. It was dark. And also there was a lot of tourists at that point, you know, doing the final stretch. But um I was also one of the hardest days physically for me because even though it was a shorter day, I had really been pushing myself the past week. Mm -hmm. And so my body was exhausted. So um, it, like it was actually challenging for me to finish the walk. But the way that the city of Santiago set up, how you come um, up the side of the church and then you turn and you see the huge cathedral, that was, I didn't, realize kind of how that was going to happen and so it was really profound for me and i i did start crying at you know out of exhaustion and also like happiness i was like we did it um but and also just like being there in the square and watching people come in and seeing their reactions and it was so beautiful and i just you know sat down and took it all in for a couple of hours and then you know you see people friends coming in too which is amazing um but it was a really happy moment i think yeah for me i think that one of the best parts and i always say you know stay take a day off to stay in santiago in a couple hours sit down on one of those you know columns and watch people arrive yes like the joy in people's faces and <laughs> if someone that you have walked with him if they when they see you you see them it's like getting again into santiago it's like you know, arriving to Santiago times three times, four times. It's yeah. like, is uh, for me. It's one of the best things to do in Santiago. Just being at Obradoiro and watching people's faces. You know, from all over the world, from all kind of. And as you were saying, you know, the Camino Frances arrival has something different because you don't see the plaza. You are going down, mm -hmm. but you see the cathedral. From you know, the Camino Portuguese is just more city, and it, I don't know. The feeling is totally different. And with the Frances, yeah. when you cross those those stairs, yeah. and the cathedral is on your back. Suddenly, you turn around and you're like. I made it. I yeah. the whole country. Exactly. Yeah. I'm still pinching myself. Like, I still think, like, wow, that actually happened. Um, but it's really amazing. It's so beautiful to be there. And, the, like, the sense of magic that I was talking about in St. Jean-Pierre de Port, I mean, it's present throughout the whole Camino, but especially mm -hmm. in, in Santiago, I think. It's yeah, Santiago has something different. Mm -hmm. that's why i think you know staying for a couple of days to get it in you know go to the cathedral take your time even if you're going to fisterra Musia, just take a day off and then come back but totally worth 24 hours of just breathing in the whole feeling of santiago absolutely yeah and then i was also very happy to wear something other than my walking clothes <laughs> too <laughs> and i i actually i stayed in the hotel that night the first night which is nice to get a good shower and, and that is also you know one of the things yeah. that i always encourage people if you have the, the money you know every once in a while take a good dress day in a good hotel try to get one of those local hotels you know boutique that is run by a local or go to a nice albergue and get a private room for yourself that is also part of the community you know i'm mm -hmm. like sleeping on the floor of course go to yes, it but also too. take a good day 
And if you have to save it, you know, save for yourself for a good day in a good hotel in Santiago. I mean, they are cheap. If you are coming from the States, you know, compare. They are really nice hotels. And as you say, you know, having a great night out, go to a good restaurant. Mm-hmm. You you deserve it. You make it. Come on. You walk a whole country. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You got to celebrate it. <laughs> uh, one of the things, you know, that, that is interesting, I'm like, you're a student, you're being going to become a doctor. And one of the things that I think, you know, the Camino has the power right now, that's what we're seeing, you know, is taking the stress and taking a lot of things, uh, you know, out of our minds. And right now we live in such a stressful life that one of the things that surprised me, you know, here in Spain, there are a couple of profits that use the Camino with people for with physical disabilities. But we haven't yet made the change to use, you know, the Camino as something more for mental or for people with different, you know, disabilities. What is your, your perspective, you know, for someone that is, you know, starting to become someone that is going to help people and also that have walked the Camino? Yeah, I think, honestly, as a training physician now, I think the Camino has been an integral part of my educational experience. Um, I know you're trying to make the Camino more accessible for all people, which I think is amazing. And I think the Camino, the sense of community and the spirit on the Camino is so strong that, you know, anyone can do it with the right team. And there's one, you know, company that does help people with disabilities do the last 100 kilometers mm -hmm. um but yeah if there's anything i'd like to do is to help other people be able to experience the camino um i think one of my good friends who i met on the camino well two these older gentlemen from dublin ireland tom and tony they're some of my favorite people that i met tom and tony um, seems like a, like a good movie yeah <laughs> they were so funny i love them um I think Tom said to me, the Camino is the way that God intended the world to be. And that really stuck with me because everyone's really helping each other and wants to support one another. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, that's like, it makes me hopeful for the future of humanity. Um, but I think it really got me excited too about pursuing medicine. It's something in, that I've wanted to do for a really long time. And I'm I actually want to pursue developmental pediatrics and mm -hmm. work with children with disabilities and their families. And I think I had a lot of time on the Camino to really think about that and just get excited about it. And it was reaffirming, you know, just to see all these beautiful things every day on the Camino. It's like, uh, it was reaffirming like, this is what I want to do. Um, but I, I, I'm going on a tangent. <laughs> No, no, this, that, but that's the Camino, you know, sometimes yeah. this helps this and suddenly this comes out and that is the yeah. Camino that is life. Yeah. Um, but I think the Camino, like in essence, it's just inclusion. Like everyone is very supportive and yeah, I think that's just a really beautiful aspect of it. And I think it helps you kind of realize what's important to you also. And for me, it was reaffirming in what I would like to do with my future. Yeah, I think, you know, one of the things that I see in the community is that puts everyone on the same level. You know, it doesn't matter if you're a millionaire, it doesn't matter if you're Catholic, if you're Christian, you're whatever. Mm -hmm. like, you go to the Alberg and everybody's the same. You know, I have experience. I remember this, you know, clearly I was walking the Camino Portuguese with that suddenly a bunch of kids from Madrid on the last year of school joined me. And they were like, you know, more on the party side. And mm -hmm. we arrived to this albergue and suddenly these teachers from the state totally, you know, close to the retirement were like, ha were outside, you know, having a beer. And the kids came in and like, you know, here you go, have a beer with me. I'm like, 
68-year-old woman from the state teacher having a beer with an 18-year-old from Spain. I'm like, what else in the world can you say something like that? Talking yeah. from equal to equal. Exactly. Learning from each other. I'm like, that doesn't happen anywhere else. No, I think it's a great example. And yeah, I, that concept of the Camino being a great equalizer is one of the, the best lessons that I learned too. Like, yeah, you're right. It really doesn't matter where you come from or what you do or how much money you have because we're all pilgrims. We're all on the same journey. We're all walking every day. You know, most of us with the goal to go to Santiago. So I think that's a really beautiful lesson and it gives me a lot of hope. And that's where, you know, accessibility and, you know, people like you that are working, you know, the Camino can gives us, you know, people with, you know, that are able to walk on like the being able to experience life through somebody else's eyes and being there and realizing, you know, I'm like, and also for people that has, you know, all kind of disabilities to be able to go there by themselves. So that's one of the things that I try, you know, there's companies that take people on the Camino, but at the end, there's people that have walked with the Camino and, you know, in a wheelchair by themselves. And that's what we need to know. And, you know, the problem mostly right now is not the Camino, is the people that live or doing the Camino. Mm -hmm. And I always ask themselves, I don't even know sometimes if I, you know, need to give a hand or something. And that's something that I think nowadays, you know, we need to work like all of us on, on to be more inclusive and being more respectful because, and as you were saying, you know, the Camino is a perfect place for all of this to happen because on a normal day, we don't go to somebody that is 50 years older than you and you start talking or having a beer with them, or you go with someone that, you know, it's blind and start talking with them. But in the Camino, you do. Yeah. And that's the great thing. And we all take things from each other and we learn. And, mm -hmm. you know, by the time you ride to Santiago, as you were saying, it's not about the journey. It's the people that you met, the things that you learn and how you became a better person. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. I totally agree <laughs> with all the things you just said. <laughs> But uh, you were you already answered one of my last questions before, but I would like to go back again and, you know, always say, what happened to Mari? How did you change? What changed in you from the day that you leave, you know, Shenzhen to the day that you arrived to Santiago? Yeah, um, I think at the end of it and throughout, I was proud of myself for being able to do it by myself. Um It's something, yeah, like I said, that I've wanted to do for a long time. And when I lived in South America, I was always around other people. And I actually had tried to travel, you know, really by myself. Mm -hmm. But I ended up going home to the U.S. because I kind of freaked out and I was scared about it. And I don't think I was ready. Um, and so since that moment, too, I was like, at some point, you know, I'm going to travel alone. And so this was my opportunity to kind of show myself that I can do it. And... So I think that's part of it. And like I said, I don't think there was any, you know, huge changes in, you know, who I am. But I think by the end of it, I just felt more, you know, free. And I felt more like authentically myself, you know, maybe throughout the journey, you kind of like shed some things and you just feel, feel more you. Um, at least that was how my experience was. Um, and just, I think, even more grateful for all the things that, I've been able to experience and all the blessings that I have in my life. Um, it was a kind of a way to like fill up my cup um, before, you know, starting medical school and to the, just get really the other excited. Camino. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, just get excited about service um, and giving to others because I felt like the Camino gave me so much. Um, so I think overall just, being present, you know, I felt very present throughout the journey and just feeling grateful for, for life. 
Really totally with you. And one of the things that I ask a lot of people, you know, when did the, the, the thought of walking another Camino came to your mind? Were you one of those that already, you know, by day 10, you were like, oh, I'm going to do another Camino. Or were you one of those that, you know, were a little more reluctant and you're like, maybe arriving in Santiago, maybe when you arrive back home, but there was a new Camino coming in or you were already planning the list like some of us, like day one, I went like, oh, you walk this Camino and you walk this one. Okay. <laughs> yes, well, it was certainly helpful and uh amazing to hear about other people who had walked the Camino so many times and walked all these different Caminos. So I definitely picked up on that, but by the end of it, I was also exhausted. So I, it wasn't really in my mind like, Oh, I'm going to sign up for the next one right, right away. Um, but I think once I got home to the U S and throughout the fall, uh, I'm still reflecting about it. Uh, I've just become more grateful for the experience since I've been home too. I think, mm -hmm. you know, right after, arriving to Santiago and I went to Finisterra for a night. Um, everything was so like overwhelming too. It was hard to like appreciate it all. It was amazing. Um, but I think in the last like few weeks I've been kind of thinking, okay, when am I going to do my, do the next one? <laughs> so it's, it took me a little bit. Um, but I'm definitely on board to keep, keep walking. <laughs> And I think that's one of the things also a lot of people, they put into, you know, like the whole craziness of finishing the Camino. But sometimes it takes a while to decompress with the Camino. That's where I think, you know, everybody should take at least, if you can do it a couple of days or three, four days in Spain to just, you know, thought about everything that happened in your life. And if not, take a couple of days home, you know, don't go back to real life. Because as you were saying, you know, the Camino is truly amazing, but it's not real life. And, you know, mm -hmm. we have to be true. This is hard. And, and the hardest part is how we take the things that we learn in the Camino and the way of living that we take in the Camino back to our normal days. Exactly. And sometimes that is tough. Yes, it is. Because it's kind of like an ideal way of living. Like you want to go up and introduce yourself to strangers. But, you know, in real life, maybe you won't be as inclined to do that. Um, but I think, you know, taking small lessons from the Camino and trying to, like, keep them in mind and apply them in your daily life, I think, helps... At least it's helped me live more fully and live more in in the moment, um, and also just to continue to be aware of like all of these amazing, like wondrous things around you at all times. Just kind of reminding yourself to be aware of them. Okay. And final question, you know, you were one of the lucky ones that took a gap year. That's something that for us, you know, Spaniards here is totally uncommon. If I tell my family, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to take a gap year after high school, they will, they will slap me in the face. I'm like, no, you're going straight to college. That's what you do is study. But then yeah. also you decided, you know, that gap year was something. And then you took this, you know, step before you were doing your whole medical new Camino and then you went to the Camino. What would you say to someone that is, you know, there and it's like, maybe I want to go, maybe I don't want to go. Uh, this is something that, eh, what would you tell them? I would tell them that you should definitely go. <laughs> like, I think it's, these opportunities don't come that frequently. And so I think if there's an opportunity that I would highly recommend it to anyone, I don't think you will regret it. It's a truly amazing opportunity and you You can make it what it is, um, but there's so much to learn and so much to gain from the people that you meet and the things that you experience. And I think it, it, for me, it's one of the best experiences that I've had in my life. Um, so I highly recommend it to anyone who's considering it. I think you should just go for it. <laughs> YOLO. <laughs> <laughs> so true and that's one of the things that we learned you know and, and but that's the, one of the things that is magic with the community you know all the ones that we walk when you see someone or you chat with someone and that's the thing you know for us we met once but still you met a pilgrim that has walked the community and suddenly it's like oh we have so much in common already yeah 
And I don't know if you're friends, but they're like, you know, people get bored of you just, you know, talking about the Camino and going to the Camino. But (laughs) if you try it, you know, as Mari said it, you wouldn't regret it. Yes, for sure. And you will have stories to tell for years and years. And yeah, I think it's a really special experience. And I think everyone should do it at least once in their life. I agree 100%. Anyway, Mari, thank you so much for sharing your Camino experience with us, for sharing your Camino story. And, you know, that's what we think here. It's all about the people and it's all about the people's stories. And that's why I think, you know, a lot of people get encouraged and you can realize that, you know, the Camino is is that. It's people walking, people living, and suddenly you realize that there is much more than the everyday. And as you were saying, you know, suddenly one day you forget about the stress, you forget about the life you live in, you forget about, the, you know, who won the championship or whatever. <laughs> and the only thing you care is about the who's walking next to you, what are you going to be eating before, how's your bread going to be, and simple yeah. things in life. Exactly. Yeah, no, thank you so much, Jose, for inviting me on your podcast and for helping me be able to do the Camino Um like you were the first person that I met who had done it. So I really appreciate all of your help and perspective. Let's hope, you know, that, that the seed that we planted and right now is you when you finish your career and you will be bringing more people, you know, helping them with all things because that's one of the things that is incredible. I'm like, you know, I've seen blind people walking the Camino, people with no legs, people with all kinds. And <laughs> it's incredible because, yes, yeah. you can do it. There's no... Yeah, the Camino and is for everyone. And that's one of the things that, you know, I think the Camino has different than the PCT or any other, you know, big long distance trail that really this one is for everyone. You may need more mm-hmm. help, less help. You need to do a little detour, but the Camino is here and the Camino Frances in itself is such an incredible experience that anyone can experience the life. It's safe, you know, super mm-hmm. secure. You can have, you can quit anytime, you can go anytime and that's what is the magic. So let's hope that in the future we see you bring a lot of people here, you know, to do whatever they have to do here in the Camino. Yes, that's the goal. That's that's what my hope is to, you know, help other people experience it. And hopefully we can go to your albergue at some point too. Of course, let's hope we can make it. You know, we are planning hopefully a new Puerta del Camino event this year, but everything has been so busy and yeah. the whole albergue, I'm like such a great break. But as we said, you know, little things by little people, little exactly. by little. I'm yes. hoping one day, you know, we'll have something big. So we Absolutely. hope that we will have you here soon. And anyway, if you have any other Caminos or any questions, you know, and that's, we always say there's your first Camino, but you never know when you want to walk your last. <laughs> exactly. Yes, no, will do. Thank you so much. Thank you. As we always say, buen Camino, Ultrella. Buen Camino. <laughs>